Welcome to Chilling with Teddy G, an authentic black channel empowering the black community and capturing the modern day black reality through investigative journalism. I'm your host, Teddy G. Hello, my melanated kings and queens, and welcome to another episode of CWTG. As you know, I'm Teddy G, your host. And on this channel, you know we talk about anything and everything with absolutely no sugar, no frosted, and definitely no mayonnaise. So, y'all go ahead and grab yourself your favorite cup of coffee, tea, or latte, or whatever it is you prefer to drink while you listen to this show. And um, enjoy yourselves and sit back and relax. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be talking about life expectancy between um, Native Black Americans and the uh, Mazungus of America. Now, this subject, ladies and gentlemen, is important to me because uh, there is a big difference between uh, our life expectancy. Now, now today, ladies and gentlemen, it is reported that um, Asian Americans live the longest, which is about uh, 86.3 years. And, uh, and that's followed by, secondly, by whites, who live uh, 78.6 years. Now, uh, Native Americans, they live about uh, 77.4 years. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, at the bottom of the total pole, um, Native uh, African Americans or black people or Native American blacks, whatever you want to call them, live just 75 years. Now, I know you're probably not surprised at these statistics because we're pretty much on the uh, bottom rung of the totem pole on just about every aspect in America when it comes to the uh, economy, when it comes to uh, education, when it comes to uh, housing, when it comes to the economy. We seem to be at the bottom of the rung, especially when it comes to uh, justice. A lot of us say, well, all we receive is a lot of injustice. Well, these statistics seem to be even worse, ladies and gentlemen, when you come to uh, a certain uh, uh, places, uh, certain cities, you know, in the divided snakes of America. We have uh, seen statistics worse than what I just uh, reported to you about. And that's what we're going to talk about today, ladies and gentlemen, as soon as I do my dirty laundry, because you know... We use the best detergent around here to keep our laundry clean with the uh, Copyright Disclaimer Act of 1976 under Title 17, Section 107. Allowances is made for the fair use for the purpose such as criticism, comment, news reporting, teaching, scholarships, and research. Fair use is permitted by the copyright statute that may otherwise be infringing. Nonprofit, educational, or personal use mm -hmm. tips the balance in the favor of fair use. Okay, so now that we got the laundry clean, ladies and gentlemen, let's get into this. So now that those statistics that I gave you earlier gives us a, a baseline of uh, the life expectancy. But 
did you know that in uh, other major city or cities like um like New York and and, and uh, 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 Chicago and other uh, uh, major cities like that have an increase life expectancy that is uh, astronomical, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and I'm going to give you uh, uh, an example as soon as I find my glasses. Okay, here we go. Uh, it says that black residents in Chicago live 30 years less than their white counterparts. That's right. You heard me say it. That is a huge gap. Now, and I'm going to give you some uh, audio commentary on that. But uh, to finish this description, it says the, uh, the city of Chicago has the largest gap in life expectancy among the 500 largest cities in the United States. Black residents live at an average of 30 years less than their white counterparts. Now, this is according to a study from uh, the New York University Department of um, Population's Health. This uh, isn't a, a sudden development. The impact of historical uh, systemic racism on the life expectancy is that the uh, subject of a New York Times, excuse me, is the subject of a New York Times magazine article. Uh, black lives are shorter in Chicago. My family's uh, history shows why. The uh, article, who was authored by Linda uh, Valoroso, joined us. Uh, start your day with uh, Sharon Reed and uh, 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 Mike Hill to discuss it. Oh man, Sharon Reed. I rem I wonder where she went because she used to be a news anchor on uh, one of the local channels in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, WOIO uh, Action 19 News. And uh, I just wonder what happened to her. Now I know where she's is. She's on the uh, Start Your Day show. Anyway, I digress. Uh, it isn't a, uh, a giant surprise, but I was surprised by the uh, largeness of the uh, gap, Veloroso said, citing that the uh, uh, segregation in the cities, she said that one of the key to the uh, issues be, uh, is because of a racial covenant prevented blacks uh, people from accumulating wealth. Now, we're going to hear from these uh, three individuals, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, get some even more on, um, uh, insight on this uh, large gap. 30 years? That is huge, ladies and gentlemen. So let's get right into that and uh, get this um, uh, this information that is, is astonishing, I'm sure, to some people. At least it was to me. I just gave you the life expectancies between... Um, uh, um, um, uh, blacks and whites and um, Asians and uh, I showed you that we're at the uh, bottom of the totem pole and those are like national statistics but these other cities ladies and gentlemen oh my goodness Chicago this is unbelievable residents live an average of 30 years less yeah once again 30 not three 30 years less than their white counterparts. That's according to New York University's Department of Population Health. 
Uh, this isn't a sudden development. The impact of historical systemic racism on life expectancy is a subject of a New York Times Magazine article titled Black Lives Are Shorter in Chicago. My Family's History Shows Why. Here to talk about it is the author, Linda Villarosa, and she joins us on Start Your Day. Uh, Linda, first of all, thank you so much for joining us this morning. 30 years less, I mean, that number is staggering. In fact, you say Chicago has the largest, once again, racial gap in life expectancy among the 500 largest cities in the country. We've repeated that once again. You lived there. You lived there until you was 10 years old. Uh, looking back, doing your research, did that even surprise you? Well, um, thank you for having me this morning. Um, it's good to be here. Um, it isn't a giant surprise, but I was surprised by the, by the largeness of that gap. So in Inglewood, where my mother was um, born and raised and in and around Inglewood, people lived to age 60. And nine miles north in Streeterville, people lived to age 90. And the gap may even be bigger now, um, now because of COVID. But that is staggering, and it's unfair. So you, you take us through several things um, in your work, in the article. Why? Why is Chicago? I only spent a short time in my life, um, grad school. I was there. It's such a segregated city. Does that hold the key? Yes, um, the segregation really does hold the key. And um, when we look at health and when we look at life expectancy, the thinking is, oh, um, why are people living less? Because they're not taking care of themselves, because they're uneducated, because they're not trying hard enough. When in, in actuality, in Chicago and in other cities, something happened to make communities less healthy. And in Chicago specifically, there were racial covenants that kept um, people from being able to accumulate wealth, a wealth there were other um, there was redlining which made certain mm -hmm. uh, neighborhoods including Inglewood less healthy and then there was contract buying so con so that black people were unable to buy homes except on a contract which means they didn't have equity and they could lose them at any time and the reason that interests mm -hmm. me was because that happened to my grandparents so if you can't accumulate wealth um, then you mm -hmm. can't accumulate wealth yeah, I mean, Chicago has its issues. You mentioned redlining, contract sale loans, uh, uh, bad resources or no resources at all, health care issues that we have in these inner cities. But uh, these are issues that have affected other major cities as well when they black people migrated from the south and moved there, such as Los Angeles. We see that in New York as well. So why is it so much worse? do you think in Chicago than in these other cities? Because once again, it's the worst out of the 500 largest cities in the United States. I think that um, part of it is the accumulation of problems that have happened over time. So Chicago was a place, as I talked about in my article, where so many African-Americans came um, during the Great Migration. So came from really extremely poor areas to to um, seeing Chicago as a place of promise. And so, but they were they were kept hemmed in to certain communities and these communities were made less safe and less healthy due to, you know, legal <laughs> sanctions that kept them, kept black people from thriving. But Chicago's a thriving city. So if you're allowing only some people to really thrive and others to languish, then you it leads to problems in those communities. Linda, what's the solution, right? Um, as Mike said, this goes on in a lot of cities, but this this life expectancy gap, this incredible gap in Chicago is 
it's heartbreaking. What is being done? What should be done to to rectify this? I think that when I was interesting because I have, um, you know, I'm a really positive person. Um, but when I interviewed mm-hmm. people for this story, I mean, it really was it's got to be an all hands on deck kind of situation where yeah. you look at communities been left behind and say, how can we rebuild them? And really putting resources to communities like Inglewood, where my you know mother went to high school, um, and really trying to do something and make change. And I think change is happening in many of these, in some of the communities in Chicago, but it's not fast enough. The resources aren't large enough. But I think the main thing is mm-hmm. to understand the why. And if the why isn't because people aren't taking care of themselves or people don't care, um, but it is something has built up Mm -hmm. and happened in the past, then a debt is owed. A debt is owed to the people there. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, but, you know, a lot of times in these cities, obviously, you kind of mentioned this earlier, the people will blame the victims. You know, if they would have just taken care of themselves and take care of their own resources, and especially in Chicago right now with everything that's going on with uh, the murder rate being up, you know, the critics will say, look at some stats to say, well, if they stopped killing themselves, this wouldn't be so much of an issue. What do you say to them? Let me tell you what I say to them. I say that that is a... Uh a small drop in the bucket, ladies and gentlemen, to what we have been going through with with historically systemic racism. Now, she was telling you about some of these areas that we're living in. And so obviously they know that these areas are unhealthy for whatever reason. It could be a bunch of transformers, a bunch of wires that's just giving us uh, um, uh, cancer and different things of that nature. The, uh, the quality of the food in the uh, markets where you shop at. And let's not forget, ladies and gentlemen, the systemic racism that we had suffered in the uh, healthcare industry. Not just the lack of not being able to have it, but also the things that has happened. I mean, we, we uh, people don't want you to talk about the Tuskegee, uh, Tuskegee uh, experiment, right? People don't want you to talk about the, uh, the, the fact about um, uh, um, sickle cell anemia. People don't want you to talk about the fact of uh, tuberculosis, all of these uh, um, diseases that are are prevalent in um, black society. And these are a lot of the issues of the reason why when you're when you're uh, when when you're a class, when you're a, a class of race that that people don't want you here, you uh, like say you served your purpose. And uh, they want to get rid of you. They they find ways to get rid of you. Let's not forget about the fact of uh, uh, of the uh, blankets with smallpox that they passed out uh, back in the day to wipe a whole lot of us out. Let's not forget about the Tuskegee experiment where they had the medication to give us, and uh, and they held it back. Penicillin. And the list goes on and on. When you combine that with the uh, uh, um, police shootings, when you combine that with the uh, 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 the health issues of, uh, uh, of stress and, and uh, hypertension and, and uh, heart disease, and and uh, I won't exclude um, uh, black on black crime because that plays into the statistics as well, but not as much as all of these other factors that I've given to you. Now, that's my answer. 
Now, I don't know what uh, Sister De La Rosa is going to tell you, but we're going to sit back here and, uh, and hear exactly what she has to say about it. Well, there are two fold questions. Um, our America is, you know, gun violence is a public health issue because of guns are dangerous. So if a country has too many guns in circulation, then that's a problem. The second thing is a, a, a high homicide rate or a high murder rate in a community is a symptom of something else. It's a symptom of um, mm -hmm. hopelessness. It's a symptom of being left behind. It's a symptom of a lack of jobs. So if you heal the community, you don't... Hold up. Wait a minute. Hold up. Let me say this right now. They focusing on guns and, and, and you know what they're trying to say, black on black crimes. That is nowhere, in my opinion, has nothing to do with this um, life expectancy gap of 30 years. I just want to make that specifically clear. I don't know what made them focus on that particular part of it. Because as you see, I gave you uh, uh, information that pertains to a lot of things that's causing it. But when you sit back here and talk about that, just that one particular subject, uh, Teddy G is not buying it. Violent community. And so when someone says, to the, you know, what you said, that kind of other take, it angers me because it's not a problem mm -hmm. of people violent. That is a stereotype that has come from, you know, many centuries ago. It is a problem of a community that is, you know, is in pain. Yeah, in pain, crying out. Um, you know, we know that gun violence is a public health crisis. It should be treated as such. Um, health disparities, we often talk about it on this show, the disparities between how whites and blacks are treated differently in the healthcare system. I know you um, were involved in the New York Times 1619 project. You researched medical myths. Tell us what you found um, when it came to physical, emotional pain, because it's real. Well, there is a myth that still lingers in modern day medicine and modern day med medical training that black people feel less pain. <laughs> and it's been proven in studies time and time that doctors, medical students, other medical providers believe that we feel less pain. The through line from that mythology and you know false idea comes from enslavement. So if we felt less pain, both mm. physical and emotional, then that justified forced labor. It, justified torture it justified breaking up families selling people off because it was you know the idea was well they don't feel as much pain it's okay but that's wrong and the fact that that is lingering in modern day medical practice is yeah, strange exactly. and wrong and yeah. needs to be corrected yeah and that's not the only thing she's forgetting in my opinion the most important part of it that means ladies and gentlemen that the, the, the doctors will feel less likely to give you a pain medication they will feel less likely to give you uh, antibiotics and different things that will uh, uh, that will heal you faster because they seem to think that we can deal with this pain on a, uh, a higher level than our white counterparts. And that right there, ladies and gentlemen, is, in my opinion, is a part of the reason of this uh, this uh, life expectancy between uh, um, uh, Native Black Americans and these uh, Mazungus. They did not address that uh, uh, properly, according to me. They 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 um, seem to be putting this off on uh, a gun violence and, and um, our uh, economic situation, which I'm sure plays some part. Don't get me wrong, 
but they are not covering the major issues with this uh, medical and health gap, which is a big factor. And the reason why there's such a, a gap between the life expectancies. If, if a Mazungu going there and says that uh, uh, I'm in pain, I got this, I got that, they're in there shooting him with IVs, shooting him with antibiotics, shooting him with uh, uh, them with all type of uh, uh, painkillers and whatever and whatnot. But and the same does not happen for us. And I'm surprised to see uh, uh, these uh, three hosts not addressing that issue more so than they're sitting down here talking about gun violence. Yeah, it's yeah, sick. They didn't look at it us really as humans. Sick. Yeah, that's the yeah. problem. And, and um, that's where before we, we are let you go, today, I, I, so. yeah, yeah, we are. Uh, before I let you go, I, I loved your article. I read your article. Uh, I think it was great. The fact that you took your mom back uh, to her roots uh, and just sat there and then looking mm. uh, at what used to be and how it was thriving and where it is now. I'm wondering what stood out the most about what you saw when you went back with your mom. And I, I suggest anybody I who uh, has the New York Times, they, they read it. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for that. And um, what stood out was when we went to her elementary school. So she spoke with such pride about, you know, my mom's a really successful person. And she talked about role models that she had in her school. She, Lorraine Hansberry was her classmate in the school. And so mm-hmm. then to see the school board, to see it sad, desolate, decaying, yeah. um, her, uh, it hurt. Mm. Wow, mm. just um, terrific, terrific writing, terrific sharing, you know, including your mom's story, your story. Um, the New York Times Magazine mm. article is called Black Lives Are Shorter in Chicago. My family's history shows why. Um, we salute you, Linda Villarosa. Thank you so much for starting your day with us. And let's keep talking. Mm. We want you to come back on Start Your Day yes. often. Um, as you tackle yeah. these subjects, because it's not just black pain. It's going to be all of our pain. It continues to be in America. And we- okay. All right. Whatever. I'm just, I'm just salty that y'all didn't cover the, uh, the major issues that's going on with these, uh, uh, health disparities. I don't think your major, po- I'm glad you're talking about it. Let me say that. I do, uh, appreciate you guys addressing the issue at all. And, and I know you have uh, bosses and you got the uh, 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 corporate individuals that y'all got to answer to. And this is the reason why y'all, I believe, in my opinion, deflected what you really should have been talking about uh, rather than talking about uh, gun violence. Because we know that for that gap that y'all are talking about, that's why I'm going to tell y'all this before I go on. Uh, maybe you should get her book. Okay. And, and, and she may go in more in depth in about what's in it uh, and in her book, which I certainly uh, plan on doing myself. But um, I'm going to tell you this, and then I'm going to get off this subject for now, is that uh, uh, we have to start living healthier lives. And I and and that means you know I believe that we need to change our diet. I believe that we need to exercise more. I believe that we need to be more diligent when it comes to practicing uh, social distancing with with this pandemic still going on. I'm sure that that is uh, has a large uh, 
uh, cause of, of, of deaths with this uh, with this uh, pandemic going on. I, I mean, I, me, myself, I wholeheartedly uh, believe that. I don't believe that it's just gun violence. I believe that we we are in a real uh, health healthcare crisis. Okay, and it's a it's a direct result from uh, systemic racism. In my opinion. Now I'm going to. Uh, uh, you know what? I was going to end this, but you know what? Hold on. Let me find. Uh, let's see if I can find something on this. Uh, this life expectancy because they didn't touch up on a bunch of the points that I want to touch up for. Let me do a little uh, looking here. Uh, y'all go grab yourself uh, another cup of coffee or whatever it is that you drink and give me a few minutes to uh, check this out. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm back. I know to y'all it just may seem like it was a few seconds, but it's actually it has been a few hours and um, nine articles later that I went through. And the one that I chose out of the uh, nine that I read was was that this one was the most uh, up-to-date. The other ones wasn't so quite up-to-date. This one was actually uh, published um, February 24, 2021. And uh, it, it talks about one of the issues that I say when I was talking about the healthcare industry and about the systemic racism that's directly involved in that in our life expectancy. Now, this from um, Vox says that um, the black and white life expectancy gap grew in 2020, but it can be reversed. Uh, closing the gap starts with a uh, better access to health care. Now, y'all hear that? Not gun violence, not the stuff that they were talking about earlier, but a direct result from getting better access to health care. Okay, now this comes in part of uh, rethinking the policies for um, for Black Americans. Now, when Melissa Akeri talked about a racism in healthcare, she has a uh, first-hand experience as a public healthcare expert at the uh, University of Michigan. With decades of research experience, she has an uh, uh, she's an expert on sickle cell disease and that's one of the ones I, re I mentioned to you guys earlier if you remember now the disparities in its effects and how discrimination and stigma feeds into uh those outcomes but she also uh lives with the disease and she told me uh she has learned to uh navigate racism in the uh healthcare system herself now, this is what she got to do, ladies and gentlemen, to receive her uh, a better treatment because uh, she's a, a native black American individual. Now, she goes on to say that sickle cell disease causes uh, some red blood cells to transform into crescent shapes, increasing the risk of cardiovascular problems and organ failure and often produces agonizing pain. The, um, the disease affects... Um, Excuse me. The the disease uh, afflicts about one hundred thousand Americans, and most of them black, because it doesn't affect the uh, white majority. The healthcare system was by and large built for. Okay, 
What they're saying is that it doesn't affect uh, 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 white people that much who the system was actually built for. So naturally, they're not paying the uh, attention to it uh, as they should. It's long been under-researched and under-treated. In fact, life expectancy for sickle cell patients fell in recent decades, according to the Kaiser Health News, even as life expectancy increased overall. Now, uh, the lifelong consequences of living in a society that protects and values unequally matched with the uh, lifelong um, psychological burdens of the disease propelled me to work toward uh, ways to combat um, structural racism and increase the quality of life for uh, this uh, population, according to what Creary uh, says. Now, isn't that something right there? This is the reason why I chose this article, because not only is it one of the most up-to-date that I was able to find out of the ones that I, I researched and read, uh, she's given ways to uh, uh, to uh, help uh, increase a better um, health care um, in this uh, uh, system that is so unequally uh, against us. And she goes on to say, now, uh, this unbalanced outcome are just one example of the racial disparities in health care that has fueled um, the black-white life expectancy gap. Now, listen, based on data from the uh, Center for Disease Control and Prevention, prevention around uh, 70,000 black people died prematurely in 2019 compared to their white peers. On average, uh, 190 people dying prematurely every day for one year. Oh, it gets better. Listen to this. Uh, uh, COVID-19 has likely made that worse. Do you hear that? That's the reason why, ladies and gentlemen, at the end of every show, I always tell y'all what? I tell y'all to continue to do your social distancing. I tell you to continue to wear your outer gear. I tell you to take care of your immune system. I tell you to to, to to uh, uh, wash your hands more frequently and for a longer period of time. I tell you to, to get ready to take them clothes off. You, you outside for any extended amount of time, what do I always tell you? Take them clothes off machine, wash them right away, and, and, and get yourself bathed up and freshened up before you just decide to relax in your home to reduce the spread of these viruses. And these are just yet some small things that you could do to uh, help uh, reduce the spread of this virus. I'm sure that there's a lot more out there if y'all put your minds to it and you really want to uh, uh, reduce this gap between uh, uh, these life expectancies, especially during this pandemic. These are just some minor basic things that you can do to uh, help yourself. Also, I tell you, you need to change your diet. You need to be starting to take more vitamins. You need to start doing more exercise. You need to get yourself away from these uh, uh, foods that are, are causing you issues, right? And, not, and that are helping um, not keep your immune system as strong as it could possibly be. There are studies out here, ladies and gentlemen, that shows that with a, a healthy and a strong immune system that you could prevent yourself from catching this virus. And it also says that uh, in some of these studies that you can... Um, 
even if, even if you do test positive, you can get rid of it with little to no medication. So these are things that we got to start doing. We're going to have to do some things for ourselves because we know the, uh, uh, the, uh, the, the design of the healthcare system is not going to do it for us. Now, let me just put that out there and just tell you like it is because you know this is totally unfiltered. You ain't going to find no sugars here. You ain't going to find no frostings. You ain't going to find no damn mayonnaise. I got to tell y'all this so y'all can hear it just like it is so y'all can actually start um, standing up and doing uh, something different from for, your, for yourselves rather than continue down the old road, the old path that's going to lead you to uh, premature death. Now, uh, COVID-19 has uh, likely made that worse. Due to a range of structural factors, black people are disproportionately likely to uh, get seriously ill and die from the disease. Now, a recent study in uh, PAS, or P-N-A-S, which stands for the, uh, the uh, Processing of the uh, National Academy of Science, this is what they... Uh, uh, said they found that uh, black and white life expectancy gaps grew by nearly a year and a half in 2020 due to the uh, coronavirus from 3.6 to 5 years. Now, the coronavirus pandemic is uh, projected to increase the life expectancy gap between blacks and whites in America. Now, for whites, it says the uh, life expectancy at birth um, was a uh, 79. Now, the expected life expectancy during the uh, COVID-19 pandemic is uh, 78, which is one year. Now, compare that to a Blacks, which uh, life expectancy at birth was 75 years. But now the uh, expectancy during this uh, pandemic dropped that down to 73. So y'all see the difference uh, in that right there. Now, that equals to undoing more than a decade of process and closing the gap. The black-white gap has been uh, narrowing, uh, partially due to the improvements in the uh, access to health care, which is good. And it has uh, dropped in life expectancy among uh, some white groups, which is bad. Now, uh, COVID-19 uh, reversed that part, though uh, not all of, the, uh, of all of the improvements. So, all right, now, with all that being said, uh, it goes on to say that, so I asked experts and researchers uh, in this area, how do the United States get back on track and how uh, does it uh, finally erase this gap um, for good? Here's what they said. The overall goal, in short, is to make a black life a bit more like the uh, better parts of a white life today it's often challenging for a black person and their uh, communities to make the uh, healthy decisions between the lack of access to health insurance food uh, uh desserts with no uh, healthy eating options and inflexible family and work schedules that make time to exercise uh, are difficult to find Black people have fewer opportunities than their white counterparts to do the best. I mean, excuse me, to do what's best for their health, which is what I just told you. When I got to telling you all about, you know, taking better care of yourself, eating, eating better, exercising more, um, 
uh, uh, finding better ways to uh, access these uh, healthcare systems and get around these uh, racist issues that you have when you go. Uh, I want you to hear this clearly. Race is not the risk factor. Let me repeat that. Race is not the risk factor. But racism is. Racism is. So that means, ladies and gentlemen, when you go to a lot of these places, you've got these uh, um, racist individuals that go down all the way from the um, CEO in the hospital down to the uh, doctors, down to the nurse practitioners, down to the uh, uh, the RNs and the LPNs and the, all of them. They, 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 it's flooded with uh, people with uh, uh, anti-black uh, sentiments. This is one of the reasons why we have the issues that we have, just like I, uh, we were telling you earlier about they think that uh, we feel less pain than that. Now, all al uh, along with that and their uh, racist attitude is the reason why we're not getting the, uh, the best health care that we possibly could. That's one of the reasons why so many people are talking about that we have to start finding ways to open up our own healthcare institutions, our own um, uh, banks, our own schools, our own things, so we can uh, reduce this gap by uh, living healthier and longer lives and being able to uh, build generational wealth, being able to go see uh, doctors that actually care about you and that, and that really has your best interests at heart and not a lot of these uh, uh, fairy tales about the fact that uh, we can um, endure pain uh, uh, better or, or than our counterparts. And you know what? Even if that was the case, so what? We should still we still deserve a, a proper health care. We still should uh, receive the, uh, uh, the the proper medication and the proper treatment, regardless of whether that fact is true or not. Let's just put that out there. How about that? People don't want to uh, uh, question their uh, uh, family practitioner. They don't want to question their doctor, and then, and, and which they should be doing. And then I'm gonna tell you something else. When you do start doing that, if your family physician becomes a uh, combative or uh, insulted, you know, and try to tell you that he's the doctor then you need to get rid of that him right away. I don't care what race he is. If he has an issue with the fact that you're asking questions about your health care, then he needs to go. Because that's a, a, that's a red flag. That's an indication that this person does not have your best interest at heart. He wants you to do exactly like he tells you to do, with no questions asked. Uh-uh. <clears throat> no, and that's just uh, unacceptable. In today's times, knowing what we know, that's just unacceptable. That's no different from when you're dealing with the police and you try to explain to him about exactly what happened and he tells you, shut up. I don't want to hear. That lets you know right there that that officer is not on your side. He's on uh, who's ever side on whatever it is. And then you ain't going to receive no, no justice from him. You ain't going to receive a proper police report. 
He's going to write it up the exact way he wants to, regardless to uh, what you tell him. And, and uh, a lot of the times, not every time, but a lot of the times you're, you're innocent of the crime or your uh, explanation to, uh, to the real perpetrator is not going to be uh, uh, registered correctly because he wants to write his narrative regardless to what you say and regardless to what a lot of the evidence shows. So when you're dealing with these uh, 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 race soldiers that you're going to find in every facet of life, and in this particular subject, we're talking about the uh, medical health care system, then you need to uh, go to another hospital, request another doctor, uh, request a, 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 a you know, whatever it is that you have to, different treatment options, you know, different medications, do some research on whatever it is that you have in a, um, a problem with, especially if you have some type of pre-existing conditions. You're not wrong, ladies and gentlemen, to, uh, to question your health care provider. Break that myth out of your mind. Because first of all, you're paying them or your insurance company is, or whatever whatever it is, or regardless of the fact, they work for you. And so you need to be uh, uh, questioning their motives, their alternatives, and um, what, is, uh, what is best for you. And if they have a problem with that, kick them to the curb. Okay, with that being said, let me get back on point. Okay, now, uh, policies could play a role in fixing this. Uh, different levels of government could increase access to health care through an expansion of uh, Medicaid, which serves populations with low income or uh, uh, disabilities, or other existing government health care benefits and make the uh, delivery of the health care more equitable and better suited to uh, diverse populations. Now, lawmakers could try to address underlying socioeconomic gaps, um, which in turn can drive uh, disparities in life expectancy by fueling poor uh, uh, social uh, uh, determinants of health. These policies can be targeted toward uh, black communities or can be universal. I would prefer targeted specifically for black communities. Um, even though this is a theory that, uh, that would uh, benefit all Americans, like a child allowance that could see in cash to uh, parents every month, can in effect help lift black uh, peoples since they're more likely to uh, face impoverished conditions. Now, with all that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to go ahead and end this, but uh, there's more on this article if you want to uh, continue uh, to uh, uh, investigate it and check it out for yourself. But there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. This this life expectancy gap is uh, widening, and um, and in my opinion, ladies and gentlemen, there's something that we can do about it. All the things that I just talked to you about, plus, ladies and gentlemen, I, I'm not going to leave out the the most main important fact: spirituality. You need to be coming closer with your spiritual self and uh, uh, your uh, higher being or your God. Uh, or your universe or whatever it is that you come uh, that you uh, uh, wish up to 
I believe will also play a part in your uh, your health care uh, recovery, recovery and your uh, life expectancy. So, uh, in fact, you know what? That's going to be my next episode because I was listening to one of my affiliates, Dr. Uh, Mumbai, who specifically addresses this um, this subject. And so I'm going to make that very my, my, my very next episode after this. But thank you guys so much for tuning in. And uh, I appreciate it. If you guys can, please support this station with a, a one-time or a monthly donation. All monies that is contributed to this station, which is 100% uh, funded by its viewers, uh, would be greatly appreciated. And each and every single dollar goes back into the operation of this station. So, y'all, hit that follow button and, 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 and become a member. Hit that share button and share this with 5, 10, 20 people uh, who can uh, uplift the view, views on here so we can get this information out, this very important information out to uh, more of our people. Now, with that being said, I want to tell you guys the truth. And the truth is that I love you. And loving you guys is my food. And Teddy G is hungry each and every single day of his life. And until God grants me the opportunity to address you guys again, I bid each and every one of you peace, love, and soul.